All right, here I'll start her up. Are we already oh. started up? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Starting up. Okay, fair enough. I shut up. Oh, jeez. You know what? I watched the wrong movie, but I've got Suspiria <laughs> on right now, and I'll watch it while we're recording. What you watch? Oh, which movie did you watch? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I'm doing that other guy. Oh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh no, not that we're not, we're, we're pulling. Oh, we're pulling a Clone Wars again. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh yeah. That's. But you know what? I was in the hospital. That was fine. That was a good one though. That was that was very good. Yeah. No. No. You, you're excused. Yeah. You're fine. It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Sean, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 1977 film Suspiria. Here we are once again covering another another horror movie. And this time we're finally finally coming together, Isaac. We've been talking about doing the Suspiria one for for how many years now? When did we watch that? Well, okay, hang on a second. It's not the nineteen seventy seven six version of it. Uh, what? Uh oh. <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> Wait. What? Oh, you son of a. Did you watch? Did you watch the the new one? You son of a gun. Go back and read that text I sent. You asked me, and I told you which one to do. You, I, I you, you, you mother. Oh no! You dirty bird. Oh son of. <laughs> oh crap! I wanted to watch the new one too, but I didn't want to taint future recordings. Yeah, this is this is really taint. <laughs> Sean, your your joke. So I don't I don't know what you do when something like this happens. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh, I literally said, so do you want me to go watch the, the original? And then you're just like, yeah, go watch the remake. I'm like, okay. No, no, I'm looking at my text right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it says, no, just the original this time. Yeah, I don't think you're uh, going to get out of this one year, Isaac. I'm not trying to. I'm just like, wow, okay. But if you want to watch it while we talk about <laughs> it and then put in your feedback, it is on Tubi. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that. It is. Have you not seen it before? You were watching it for the first time? Uh, three years ago. Oh, okay. You'll be fine then. You'll be fine. Fine. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because that's what we were going to do originally three years ago. We watched it, and then we just never got around to doing the episode <laughs> until now. And it's, yeah, well, here we here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're waiting for, for Isaac to do that. I'll start with uh, with you, Sean, because I know that you have some history with this film. Yes, I do. Uh, when did you when did you see this one? I first saw this a few years ago when we did it for um, uh, classic horror cast. Um, I had never seen it before. I was like, okay, sure. Oh no, 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 no! I take it back. I had seen it before then, 
Um, my roommate had it on DVD and he wanted me to see it. And I was completely unimpressed with it and didn't remember anything about it except for like the visuals. Um, then I watched it for that podcast and it all came back to me um, more or less. And um, didn't really think anything about it. And when the remake came out, I bought the original on Blu-ray because I was like, hey, I'll rewatch the original and then I can watch the remake. And somehow I never got around to that. There's just so much Columbo and Murder, She Wrote to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, since then, I don't know what got me into Dario Argento more recently. Um, but I have since then, like, bought all of his early movies on Blu-ray. Um, I really enjoy Argento as a director. Um, mm. there's, that, there's that Italian trilogy. There's Argento, Bava and um Fulci and uh to see every film that all three of them has done, have done it would be impossible uh mm. but uh yeah they each have their own style and Argento's is probably the best but I have I have feelings about this film uh mm. but uh we'll, I guess we'll talk about those in a little bit <laughs> yeah for you Mr. Eric I know that you haven't seen this previously uh did you did you have much expectations coming into the flick or just kind of just ready to accept whatever it was going to be or where were you at with this one? It's been on my list since probably since the remake came out um, because I had barely heard of either until that time came. And then because I'm just such a purveyor of like 4K releases and news and of that type of stuff of re-releases. And, and so it was it was everywhere. For several weeks and months and on all the sites that i look at mm-hmm. and so it was just on my list and then just looking at a little bit of some of the trailer and this is before i think yeah it's before i met you and before i had seen an argento film or even knew who he was just barely looking at the a little bit of the trailers that i saw on youtube he just kind of gave me a, a vibe of another famous movie i've never seen um the uh the original asian house it kind of like reminded me of that, which I've only seen it in the trailer as well. Um, so I was just this years ago. I was expecting it, it was just some kind of really tripped out movie, psychologically. Um, but that's about it. That's all I knew, and it's just been on my list for ages now. Um, and yeah, yeah. Not to spoil too much of your thoughts, but did you feel? Uh, did you feel like now that you've seen it, that it was kind of worth all the excitement that's built up around it, or? It'll leave you a little cold. I can see why it has its reputation. Just like, uh, what was the name of the Giallo film we did last time? Um, Deep Red. Deep Red. Just like that movie, which I was completely unfamiliar with until we saw it. I get it. you know. And those are the only two Argento things I've seen. But just as my experience with this being only the second Argento film I've ever seen, I completely understand it. But... I am not there yet, personally. I, I mean, I don't dislike it, but I mean to get to where everyone else is, uh, it's still a work in progress for me. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess speaking of uh, work in progress, uh, Isaac, uh, I don't exactly remember where you were when we watched this the first time. Um, do you have much recollection of what you felt? Uh, at the time now you don't have in your blu-ray a the time we watched this correct like do you did you write it down when we watched it last 
Um, I've got several dates in there, but I'm not sure which one was with you. All right, throw them out because I know it was 2019 at some point. Oh, okay, then yeah, that was on February 8th, uh, 2019. Yeah, and we were planning to cover it at the time, and for whatever reason, it just completely fell through. So, he introduces me to this film back back then. Very striking film. All right, a lot of good iconography, a lot of good scenery. Um, very colorful as well. Keep that in mind. Um, and he tells me afterwards that I, we were speculating afterwards as we would, and he was telling me like, okay, there there is a meaning, and there's a reason why like everything is like this in the film. Oh, and <laughs> he's like, once we do the uh, once we do the eventual review of this, I will tell you. <laughs> it's now October 29th, two, 2022. The, the question's been burning. I have waited about three years, three and a half years. <laughs> Caleb was probably thinking, okay, put a pin in this in his brain. Look up a whole bunch of shit about Suspiria on the internet. Well, I can tell you what I meant. And uh, this is something I've known for, for a while. And I don't know if it, I, you may have... Uh, over the years, my what I when I said may have changed slightly. I think it, what I more meant was it was kind of a key into kind of getting what what kind of vibe the film's going for and what it's trying to do with, with some you. of its more weird ideas. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's probably like the your your original statements probably have been muddled over over the years. Yeah. Uh, so my apologies on that, but I just remember that there was like, here's what you can like once you know this, you can kind of start to make sense of the film and what's going on. Yeah, because I'll say right off the bat, I've seen this movie maybe like 15 times, and I still don't know if exactly what the meaning is, if there is a meaning. And there's things in the plot that I definitely don't get. Um, but with a lot of these Italian films, I don't necessarily feel like that's mm -hmm. something that you're ever really going to get. I don't, even, I don't even know if they put any sort of thought into that stuff or it was, if it was just stream of conscience. So. Yeah. Uh, but I guess for my little my little history here, so I believe I saw this in 2010. It would have been several months after seeing Demons and kind of learning who Dario Argento was. Mm. Um, and I just found this, this old, I'm holding it right now, this old Anchor Bay DVD that I watched many, many times and oh. I found it at a pawn shop. And yeah, I fell in love and I watched it many, many times. Um, but this Synapse Blu-ray that I'm watching today, I wish I would have got the 4K disc. I'm sure it looks incredible. But this Synapse Blu-ray just, it was like I'd, it's like I'd never seen the movie before Yeah. when I watched this compared to that old DVD. That's, that's what I have as well. It's, it looks so good. Like this is one of the Blu-ray movies. This is like, if you, if you have a Blu-ray player and you like horror movies, you have to buy this movie. It's like a law. Yep. No, I definitely want to see it in 4K because... Under short notice, I was only able to get the Tubi version, which is SD only, and uh, and yeah, mm -hmm. I, I would definitely would rewatch this, absolutely million percent in 4K. Yeah, and I remember at the time, um, this was kind of what started my deep dive into Italian horror. Like Demons was kind of just like, oh wow, this is, <laughs> you know, I love 80s horror, but I didn't realize that it could be this gory, have this kind of great soundtrack. <laughs> But seeing this, just I just completely, just head over heels for it at the time, and I've softened a bit over the years just from seeing it so many times. Um, but but I still love it. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I 
like we did the Beyond recently. Um, I think I enjoy the Beyond slightly more than this, but uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm getting a little drunk, so. <laughs> oh, you chatterbox, you little Mr. Chatterbox. There he is. <laughs> oh, I have a confession to make. Sure. Um, I admit that when I first saw this and the second time I saw it, I thought it was great. Um, never thought it was totally confusing. Like, you know, you know what's going on, but there's still a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But I'm, you know, I'm going to say that after watching some of Argento's other stuff, I hate to say this, this is awful, is that I don't like it that much anymore. Um, mm. It is, as Isaac said, it's very iconic. It's got lots of visual stuff. It is a very much, very, a be very beautiful film. Um, yep. Uh, but I just don't think there is much. There's, it's got a great soundtrack too, by the way. Uh, yes. um, yep. I just don't think that there is enough meat on these bones to sate my appetite for like good classic horror. You know, it, there's nothing in this that is, well, no, that's not true. That's not yeah. true. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple death scenes that are pretty horrific, uh, specifically the one at the beginning, um, and also the one with the barbed wire is pretty grody too. But uh, yeah, I I just can't get into this movie as much as everybody else in the film community seems to love it. You know, I'd rather watch Deep Red. I'd rather watch movies that more or less make sense. And I love the Argento style. I love. Mm -hmm. um, the blood spatter on the wall and the drips down. It's that, you know, doesn't look like blood. It looks like red paint. And I just love the, <laughs> the dub soundtrack and, you know, just everything about that. Although I do think that Dario Argento definitely needs to get a visit from Queer Eye for the straight guy and maybe get some sort of makeover. Oh, no, it's just called Queer Eye now. He is one of the ugliest people I have ever seen. Damn. Have you ever seen a picture of him? What? He's not going <laughs> to listen to this. Hey, Argento, he's, a, he's become a fan in his older years of podcasts, so you never know. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It makes his daughter makes up for it. We'll just say that because she's. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sure she is scrolling the internet for. Uh, no, that why am I insulting? <laughs> no, she's anyway. Anyway, <laughs> um, so and, you know, it. I don't know. I don't have very much to say that's interesting, I'm afraid. Um, even though I was happy that, to hear that we were going to be talking about this. Um, I don't even remember what we talked about it, how we talked about it when we did the classic horror cast. Um, but oh, me neither. Hmm. The lead actress in this, oh, I looked up her name and I don't remember it. Uh, Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper. Okay, what has she been in that I recognize her so much? I should have looked it up oh, on IMDb. Phantom of Paradise. Phantom oh! Paradise. And she's yes. great in that movie. That movie, if, if, if you guys haven't seen it, is fantastic all around. That would be a great pairing with this, like as a double yep. feature. Uh, oh, man. Is it Paul Williams who plays Swan mm -hmm. in that? Yeah, that is that is a great movie. And I remember watching it with my parents and the, the, the part where she sings a song, a groovy song. And my parents were like, we don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they hate musicals. Sean's parents. I guess so. I don't know. But uh, maybe they hate fun. Yeah, they'd rather be 
in their bedrooms smoking pot and watching Dynasty. Well, wow, God, they watch that show so much. Hey, they sound hip. There you go. <laughs> that's what we do now. No, we don't watch. We don't watch Dynasty. And apparently, she was casting. No, just smoke the pot. She was casting Annie Hall, but turned that down to do this. The picture of her on IMDb, like her lead picture, looks like Karen Black. Um, oh wow! So I got them confused for a second, and I thought that she was the lady from the Trilogy of Terror movie. I, I was getting Karen Allen vibes throughout the movie, and I was wishing it was her because yeah, I was always a big fan of her outside of Indiana Jones. I absolutely agree. Yes, you are right. That's the person I was thinking of, and it's not Karen Blight's Karen Allen. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. hasn't, I don't think she's been in a major motion picture since the fourth uh, Indiana Jones movie, bless her heart. Oh, not, no. not since then. God, no. Not since the fourth Indiana yeah. Jones. <laughs> oh, but for you, Isaac, uh, I guess I could lead early with that little bit of a, a key to the movie that I, I didn't share with you okay. at the time. Okay, here we go, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, those <laughs> between unaffiliated, I finally, finally get, like, you know, the everlasting gobstopper that I've, like, you know wanted for for three years three and a half years i'm gonna get finally we're going to see what's in marcellus wallace's suitcase <laughs> it's just something gold that's all it is yeah it's his soul wow so there was many many inspirations that dario argento was drawing on to make this movie lots of symbolism must come from somewhere but one of his major inspirations was snow white and the seven dwarves and going into making this movie he had um, hooked up with Dario Nicolodi, who was one of the stars in Deep Red. And she was a full believer in witchcraft. She thought that some of her family members are witches back in the day. And so this was this was kind of her telling her truth, in a way. And he was like, oh, you know, I've been really wanting to make this kind of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves kind of remake kind of thing. But he couldn't get the rights for that. But he still wanted to make, in his own way, a live-action cartoon. Okay. And so that's why we have the, the three-strip Technicolor, um, very, very much emphasizing all kind of the cartoonish colors. And he also originally wanted this cast to be of 12-year-old girls. The whole school was going to be children in this kind of fairy tale against an evil witch. But the studio... Hiya! The studio is like, you're fucking insane. We're not going to allow you to yeah. have children in this insane gore flick. Like, you got to age them up. But he... Decided to age them up without changing the script much. And so there's like that weird scene when, yeah, she's like, the names that begin with the letter S are the names of snakes. That's all meant to be little children playing those scenes. Oh, yeah. There's multiple scenes in this movie where light switches and door handles are up by their faces because they were like, okay, if we want them to still be children in this movie, even though they're obviously adults, so let's make the set look massively big compared to them so that they look like kids. I don't think that necessarily comes across. I think it's just more confusing. But if you if you view this more as yeah, kids in this kind of school up against these witches, I think the movie starts to work in a, a different way, and in my opinion, works better. I'd watch the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, I think it would have been a really awesome movie. But I understand why they wouldn't want to make that the studio. <laughs> but they've they've made. I mean. We're taught nowadays, you know, yeah, that's that's the 70s. And, you know, things are different now. We've got things like Stranger Things and um, R.L. Stein and I don't know what else. What's that one that just premiered 
the Midnight Club. Hell, th- those are kids, and they've got terminal diseases. You know, why not have kids in a in a in a ballet school run by a bunch of witches? Oh, well, uh, let's discuss that first uh, murder scene. <laughs> Imagine if that was a twelve-year-old girl. I mean, that is a very brutal and prolonged killing. Okay, well, you know, thanks for pissing on that, Derek, Caleb. I was having fun. Um, oh, I'd still love to see it, but it would be a very different movie. <laughs> it would be a much more uh, harsh movie. What do you think about that, Isaac? I'm curious. I'm curious a lot about what you think about this movie, because I feel like we're maybe on the same page, but I'm not sure. Uh, you just mean, like, after what I think of all of this, like, after what he just told me? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I gotta, pardon me if I'm, like, you know, taking my time and trying to process all this. Uh, I'm trying to process all of what's, you know, I've just been told. So who are the seven dorks? That's my question. (laughs) (laughs) I think he uh, more emphasized the the witch character. (laughs) Unless the seven dorks are, like, in... Like, are abstract concepts that each of these, like, 12 girls go through? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the chicks in the, the school seem to be very preoccupied with money, and the dwarves like to mine, uh, mine gold, so, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, that's... Yeah, no, thanks for telling me that after all these years. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta say, like... Uh, so let down. Why, no, not that. It's just why did the bud not just make an animated film? Like then he could have the children be in there. Wow. He could have like a, a adults or you know kids voice them, and that would have been fine. Right? This is the seventies. Animation back then was not particularly dynamic. Have you never heard of Raggedy Ann or the the one that is Ralph Bashki? Yeah, and he did base it off of an animated movie, or in, he was inspired. And I, I see it. I laughed when you first said the seven. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's weird. It's weird to think. But it's I see it. I can see it. It's been a long time since I saw Snow White, but I know I do remember it's boring AF uh, yeah. nowadays, but I can see the colors and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that was a, a really interesting choice to try to bring the, the style of animation to live action. I don't think there's been a lot of movies that have attempted that. A speed Racer comes to mind, but... <laughs> But but I, I really love the visual look of this movie. That's that and the score are the things that always bring me back. The plot I could kind of care less about. It's not the more you watch it, the less interesting it becomes. But just the visuals are just fantastic. I absolutely agree, and I, I think the visuals are fa- fantastic as well. And I, I I can think of another movie better than what was it that you just said? Well, I've never seen Speed Racer, but I haven't heard good things. Creep Show. That's one. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's more going for a comic book feel, but but yeah, definitely. And by the way, George Romero was definitely influenced by this movie when he made Creep Show. Yes, without a doubt. Um, and didn't George Romero use Goblin? Did Goblin do the soundtrack for this? Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah, and then he ended up using Goblin for Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and uh, Argento actually funded Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. That's right. Yes. Yeah, and then. Uh, a few years after, or ten years after Creepshow, they, they worked together and made a film called Two Evil Eyes. A little anthology movie where Argento directed one and yeah, George Romero directed the other. Not a great mm. movie. but 
most like most later day uh, George Romero films, not not particularly great, but or later day Argento for that matter too. Boy, does that guy fall. <laughs> yes, what I understand. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that that brings us a little bit to. Uh, I mean, this movie doesn't mention anything about the fact that this is the start of a, a trilogy, but um, I do think that this is the best of the trilogy. I'll just say. I well, it's definitely better than the third one. From what I yeah. understand, I have not seen it, but I've heard nothing but terrible things. Um, what was the other one? I'm sorry. They they all kind of blend together for me. Inferno. Inferno. Um, that shouldn't blend together for me because it's one of the only other movies that he, it's not like a traditional Giallo movie. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I think this is better than Inferno, if memory serves. Yeah, and there's a really cool scene in Inferno. Um, And Inferno is very much like a Giallo movie until about halfway through, if memory serves. Yeah, in a way. In a way. I I just... I... Watching this again, I just feel like Dario Argento, stay in your lane. Um, You don't Mm. do horror movies. You don't do, you know, supernatural horror. You do really good weirdo whodunit slasher murder mysteries like you know like like scream except they're set in the 70s in italy and they have more blood you know like that's your forte and you do it really well don't stray off of that but in the beginning he didn't do it that often so i don't feel i don't you know i don't know i I feel like an entitled fanboy gatekeeper (laughs) For Argento's early career, right now. Yeah. Hey, what are you trying to pull here? Poor Argento, Grandpa. He's he's getting <laughs> his cane and raising it at you. His bi- no, it's not cane, Caleb. It's an ugly stick. He has an <laughs> ugly stick. No, but just speaking of Jalos, uh, that's all he'd made up to this point, and at least that first kill feels like a Jalo kill. Just with a couple little super- yeah. supernatural flourishes. Absolutely, yes. Which is stabbing with a knife. Like that doesn't seem necessarily like the uh, the usual mode that these witches go for. They seem to like more creative kills, but not that one. Yeah. Um. For instance, the and I'm sorry. I'm t- we're talking all over Eric and Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the weird thing is, I never noticed this before until I watched it for this. Is that first kill, the stabbing? Did you notice the hand and the yeah. arm? It's clearly some sort of devil stabbing her. Some sort of you can see the the, the pointy nails and and you mentioned Snow White and the Seven Dorks. Um, I also <laughs> thought of uh, there's an old silent movie that's a sort of a, a pseudo documentary called Haxen. Oh yeah, there's a lot mm. of imagery I think that came from from that. Um, oh cool, yeah, I've never seen that one. Yeah, check that out sometime. Very very famous classic uh, black and white movie. And well deserved. Is it on Criterion? I think it's on. It's on Criterion. Yeah. Yeah, I have the. I have the disc. It always reminds me of the Damons when I see the cover. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I. I am almost positive the production or costume designer for that um, Doctor Who episode. And for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> was they they watched Haxon. In fact, I think the the things from Haxon are creepier than the thing from the Damon. Well, you, there's not hard, not hard. Yeah, exactly. You dare to stab my sleep? I don't even know. Remember what the guy says? He's so obnoxious, <laughs> just screaming constantly. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do when you can't act. Just scream as loud as you can. So let me ask Isaac. Can I ask you a question? Have you seen any other Argento movies at all? Demons. 
Yeah, just uh, produced, but a heavy-handed produce. It's like the somewhat in the poltergeist uh, Steven Spielberg versus Toby mm. Dang it. Okay, fair enough. Not fully, but but somewhat. I have never seen that. I, I really want to see it. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, no, that's a really cool flick. I will point I will point to Caleb for what I've seen of Dario Gento. Yeah, just that. And, and this, I guess. Yeah, and this, yeah. I, of course, I'm open to anything, and uh, I would I would totally like take anything you recommend. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, we've already covered one of his Jalos, but I would love to return to some of the other ones. Um, Tenebrae would be a cool one. Do a retrospective, as you call it. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. There, there is one thing though. Um, the, his first three movies, they call it his animal trilogy, even though it's not really a trilogy. They just all, all three of them have animals <laughs> in the title. Uh-huh. I am huge, not a fan of the bird with the crystal plumage. Oh wow! And yeah, I just don't get it. I think maybe I have to watch it again. Um, but for those of you who aren't, maybe I shouldn't give it away. What it is? No, no. It just didn't impress me, but. But since you mentioned that, I will say uh, there's a little running thread, uh, running thread in this movie, of the uh, the mystery. What did uh, what's that girl's name who died? The first person who died, Pat Hingle, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Pat Hingle was in this movie, and he was stabbed. And <laughs> I think that is the character's name. That's what's funny. <laughs> I wish it was Pat Hingle. He had come in with his little Commissioner Gordon outfit. Yeah, I don't know. But we're gonna say. Um, she has a thing where when she opens up the door, she says something, but Lucy, uh, Susie can't remember what she said, and she has to remember it partway through the movie, like, what'd she say? And then we see the scene over again. Yeah, that, that's a little, kind of a trope that Dario Argento started using in, uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. And he kept it going in deep red, and I think this is the last time that we see it. I don't think he brings it back in any of his other, uh, giallos. That's, like, in deep red... I don't know. I want every t- when I when I'm passionate about movies, like I try to talk people into seeing the movie. Like Isaac in Deep Red, it's basically a murder mystery. This murderer is like uh, going on a spree, killing people in bizarre ways. Like he burns a lady alive in her bathroom, and uh, that is Deep Red, right? That's not the another one. No, yeah, that one. But there's this weird thing having to do with Christmas and a little girl, and you don't really know what it is until the very end. Oh. But the uh, the thing about it is that when um, our protagonist uh, walks into the crime scene, you can see the murderer hiding in the background. It's like Argento could have cheated and maybe just not had a shot that showed that part of the room. But mm-hmm. I could see him being like, nope, I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to give everybody enough information that they can figure it out on their own. And he does with that one little split second of a scene. Everything else that goes after that until the reveal at the end is basically just bullshit. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, no that, connection. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that's a, what a lot of mysteries are. I mean, when you read something like The Murder yeah. of Roger Ackroyd, it's like, hey, there's a murderer in the beginning, and Hercule Poirot spends the, the most of the time talking to innocent people and their plots go nowhere because they're not the murderer and then boom reveal of the murderer in the last chapter that's kind of like how deep red works um there's stuff with there's like a gay thing i think argento 
is like Hitchcock. He's got this fixation with gay stuff. Yeah, and blind folks. And blind, yes, yes, yes. There's one with Carl. I can't remember. I get the names. There's one with Carl Malden as a blind guy. With his, he lives with. I think it's his niece, and she sees <laughs> something. Yeah, Carl Malden. Yeah, I guess we should give Eric the floor a little bit. I haven't heard from him in yeah a while. Oh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I'll shut the fuck up. I'm starting to get drunk now. <laughs> Me too. That's that's what's going on here. Yeah, I've been drunk since the start of this. Eric, did you have any things you wanted to mention? Any particular standouts or, or things that you heard us say that you want to comment on? Or no, nothing at all. Whatever you got. Um. <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's keep going, Sean. Let's just... No, I don't want to call it Snow White and the Seven Dorks because that sounds like a pornographic film. Um. Yeah, that's a good one, Isaac. That's a good one. <laughs> no, I guess... I mean, I mostly agree with the things I heard because... Certainly this movie makes its bread and butter with its visuals and the score, of course. Um, I guess my disappointment was founded in two things. Um, One is, I guess, because a couple of you know, I saw uh, The House of the Devil recently. And I was a little disappointed that even though there's a lot of goings-on with the school itself... um, it's still that similar situation where there's like a hidden cult and there's an innocent person who just has to endure a bunch of creepy things until the reveal of the actual cult or whatever you want to call it or coven in this situation. And I know that's really Mm -hmm. distilling it down maybe a bit too much, but still because I had that lagging memory that didn't help. Um, And then the other thing was, I went into this movie pretty blind as to what it was actually about. And for some reason, I was imagining something different in my head. Um, mm. it, it's hard to... I mean, it's it's like I was expecting something like Solaris. I was, th- I was, I was expecting... Because I, wow. I didn't know it had anything to do with witches or anything like that. I was expecting something like metaphysical or like someone having like a like some type of weird psychological situation um that's probably what i got from looking at trailers um a long time ago and so i was expecting some really tripped out psychological someone like having difficulty separating um reality from i don't know nightmares or visions or i don't i don't know what and i was also so you were you were you were picturing a Roman Polanski movie. I feel so impressed that I thought that. Yeah, yeah. repulsion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with more color. I love that movie. I was also expecting something kind of like, not literally, but almost like psychedelic, like really tripped out, weird visuals. Um, but again, like in a hypnotic sense. Um, and of course, the movie does have an amazing visuals and all that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I just, I was yeah. just, I don't know, I just, but that's just me though. That's just what I kind of thought. And the, the bare bones of the story, I, I wasn't expecting it just to be what it is. Um, yeah. But I guess that's just me having it built up in, in my mind palace, not based on much. Yeah. And I've always been curious what people think coming in with the hype, because I saw it not knowing anything about it except for. Oh, there's that guy who, you know, his name is all over Demons. I thought that he directed Demons at the time. 
Um, but I, I do think it's so bare bones in terms of plot that there's like, like almost nothing there. So I've always been curious how people would react coming in, hearing that it's such a great film, and then expecting, you know, something coherent. I mean, the plot is barely like there's there's essentially no motivation for the witches to go after uh, Susie Banyan. Like, like, do you guys have any ideas why they? decide to target her and like okay we're just gonna drug her and then kill her the, the we have to kill that american girl for a reason like <laughs> what did she do maybe i maybe i'm somewhat influenced by some uh reaction review videos i watched but it seems like it's not explicit in the movie but and and because things are there's a lot of loose ends all over the place I guess it leaves mm-hmm. a movie like this open to a certain amount of interpretation where you can go all different directions. But it seems like uh, there's undertones that she's not just any regular girl. It seems to be that there's undertones that maybe, and again, it's not explicitly said, but that she may have some type of like witch connections herself that she is unaware of. Yes. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I did have a minor... Like, they mentioned at one point that her, uh, like, I think it was her, her grandma, her aunt, was, like, a big supporter of the art and a supporter of this school. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe maybe it was just, like, oh, let's use her to, like, get money or something. Because they do seem like they, uh, what's her name? Uh, whatever her friend's name is. I'm so drunk. Mentions that they all, they're obsessed with money here. So so in my head, Canon, they're, they're thinking... There's something about this girl. Let's bring her in. Let's observe her and see what see what it's all about. Until they come to the conclusion that no, she's it's not worth it. She's a threat. Now we need to get rid of her. I mean, that's... you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna go with that. That really does make a lot of sense. That that's like actually the first ten or fifteen minutes of Rosemary's Baby. Without you knowing about it. Another movie I haven't seen. Well, someday. Someday. It would make sense if if Susie Banyan wasn't just like a white bread, like kind of no personality type of person. <laughs> like she's really got nothing going on except for being fairly somewhat attractive. I can't say fairly attractive. Oh yeah, like Babe in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a little kid. A little kid uh, first time away from home and yeah, in this unfamiliar place, doesn't know how to react. A lot of these students in this movie uh, don't have a lot going on. Uh, yeah. Um, the by the way, the lady who played like the head of Nurse the Ratchet school or the headmistress, not not the Rosa Club lady, who I think is in the remake. Or maybe hi, Kitty. Madame Blanc. Maybe the headmistress is the one you're talking about. Yeah, she. She's American. I th- she's American. I swear I have seen her before. She's famous. She's super famous. What was she in? A Thousand and One Things. Um, there was the, this was the last performance of Joan Bennett. Um, I was looking her up a bit, uh, uh, like her career. And she starred in 70 silent films in the 20s. Wow. Okay, so she is the same actress that I'm thinking of? Okay. Yes. And of course she did things during the talkie era as well. And she was... She was really big in the 30s and 40s. I looked her up, and her old self seems really familiar, but maybe I'm thinking of some old lady that I saw in Murder, She Wrote, or something like that. Um, <laughs> but the the Rosa Klebb lady, uh, she's still around. 
right? She's in the re- she's in the remake. Is she Caleb? Do you know that? Uh, I don't believe she is. Well, Susie's in the remake. Hey, this is some spoilers, but it's only for Sean since I oh. already watched it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, watch out there, tough guy. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I didn't know that. that was, uh, I take it back. Well, if there is a, if there's someone who uh, has kind of a big career that I recognize at the very least, the first time I watched this, that's uh, Udo Kier. Yep, I, I had oh, the same. Yes. I had the same reaction. Yes, yes. He's another one that's really ugly. I don't. I don't know. What? Oh, he's he's not bad when he's young. He does get. I think you're europhobic or something. There you go. There you go. Well, my friend that showed me this movie, I remember him saying something about Udo Kier, but it wasn't Udo Kier in this. It was in the first episode of what was that HBO or Showtime show, Masters of Horror, and he he was in this episode. The first one was him and Norman Reedus in oh, Cigarette yeah. Burns. John Carpenter. Yes, John Carpenter. And my roommate was like, "He's so hot," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Do you have you all what what I think it, what I mean, it looks perfectly fine and I could see someone seeing him attractive yeah it's kind of cute here yeah he looks creepy and yeah cigarette burns but by the way everyone check out cigarette burns as the last good thing John Carpenter made really quality little uh kind of noir movie with with a lot of gore and a really creepy premise yeah starring uh what the fuck what what's his name Norman Reedus. Uh, Norman Reedus, who played what's his name in Walking Dead, it's been a long time. Daryl in The Walking yes, Dead. Yes, Daryl. Yeah. Oh, I'm shocked that you wouldn't know, Sean. I thought you were the only person watching that show still. Sir, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I didn't watch the last season. We just, oh, wow. I will finish it all one day. We are, however, watching The Amazing Race, so you know priorities. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better. No, that's not fair. I don't know. I, actually, no, that's the Amazing Race is actually pretty damn good. Uh, it's Survivor that I just can't. I can't anymore. I, it's, this is like the same show over and over and over again. I, I, I hate these people so much. Anyway. Oh, but I did want to comment on Udo Kier. So he shows up in this movie playing kind of the the person for science. He's like, oh, you know, what was he like her? Uh, Susie, not Susie. What's that other girl's name? Her friend. Does anyone remember? I don't remember. Eric? <laughs> uh, not offhand, no. I should know. Goddamn. Uh, whoever the friend is who goes missing. <laughs> that was like her therapist. <laughs> I know, what a great episode so far. That was her therapist, and he's kind of the person, you know, going for science. He doesn't believe in witchcraft. And in the, the final movie in this trilogy, Mother of Tears, he shows up again playing a priest. Mm. And he's like, the apocalypse is happening. Uh, Mother, whatever her name is in this one, I can't remember. I think it's Lacrimarum or something like that. So kind of a reverse of roles in, to bookend this, this trilogy. Uh, Udo Kier was also, uh, the first time I've seen him was in a film called My Own Private Idaho, Gus Van Sant. Oh. And there's a very, I never thought I would think this, but there is a very creepy scene where he has a threesome with River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. Interesting, interesting. And if, if if that sounds interesting and you want to see that, go ahead. You're not going to be putting it in your spank bank, but what? It's it's creepy. It's that that movie's off the road. That that movie's, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. Her name was Sarah. Sarah, thank you. Jeez. Her name was Sarah. 
That's not a real song. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, the booze. The booze is doing weird things over there. Demon booze. Speaking yes. of booze or being under the influence, this this is one of those movies that I should have a list of because you know, um, inside baseball, I have never been under the influence of anything psychotropic or anything mind altering outside of alcohol in my entire life, and this is one of those movies that I would like to experience under the influence of something more than alcohol. Maybe one day I will do that in, in my twilight years with this and many other things. There you go. But I really would like to see what this would be like under the influence of something. Oh, especially especially if you're wearing headphones, the music just like carries you away. Yeah. You feel like you're entering a dream. I am going to disagree with that. I wouldn't want to watch a horror movie. Um, I'd probably want to watch something like Time Bandits or Secret of Oh Him. my God! Secret of you know. Wow, wow. How do you mix those two together in a cocktail? Well, they're both they're both fantasies. They're both visually pretty cool. I wouldn't seen Time Bandits since it first came out in the theaters, and I've only seen like clips since then. But I I would love to see it again. That movie horrified um, me as a child, and I had nightmares. <laughs> I can understand because of the bedrooms yeah. because of the bedroom scene. Oh, it's great. And every time I burn a pizza, I think of that movie as well. I'll mention this, though. My first time ever having mushrooms, my poor friend didn't know how to, because uh, I had a horrible trip, like an insanely bad trip. Oh, God. And he was like, okay, I need to calm you down. Let's just sit in my room and let's watch a movie. I'll put on Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when Arnie and uh, whatever that girl's name were on the planet suffocating and their eyes are bulging out... <laughs> I was right next to him in the in the sand, and my eyes are bulging. And I was, yeah, it was a horrible experience. That's a really bad idea, sir. Yeah, you have to go back. You know, it's you, you may as well say, let's put on train spotting. Oh my god! No. <laughs> oh god, that was horrifying enough. Sober. Yes. Oh, isn't? Didn't you not finish that one, Eric? Didn't you have to turn that off? Uh, I yeah, I don't think I finished that movie. Yeah. Oh, but Isaac over there, have you? Uh, How's, how's your watch going over there? Sound good. Do you want to ask me any questions? Because I still, as watching it and hearing what you guys are talking about, you're my memory. What's what's going on? Well, I was just curious if you had any... Uh... <laughs> well, let's cut away to Isaac over there in the Paramount Theater. How, what's, how's it going, Isaac? You're interrupting my, yeah. my screening. What's going on here? The back of the bar. <laughs> uh, so the maggot scene. We recently had a uh, mega scene, ma- maggot oh, scene yeah. Uh, yeah. before City of the Living Dead. Some stories about that with some a certain unpleasant one. Let me break out my my extremely traumatic story that I no no I definitely will not. Oh no I oh you eaten maggots before as well? Uh no. Oh no I won't I won't even. No, 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 uh, no, no, yeah no, let's worse. not go near it. I, I've eaten some maggots unintentionally. It's pretty bad. No no this... no it's not about eating maggots. Yeah, it's yeah, it's horrific. But I had forgotten that there were maggots in this film, and that they squished the maggots, unlike in City of the Living Dead, where they like were told not to squish the maggots. Yeah. So they're just standing there in a sea of maggots. Yeah, this is not a good film for the PETA folks, uh, <laughs> with the maggots and the dog. And you know, going back to the motivation, well, no. the, the PETA folks love the dog, the dog scene. Yeah, because it was very clearly a hand puppet. Is it? I never got that impression watching it. Oh yeah, when it's biting his 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 neck, yeah, hand puppet. Oh wow. Okay. It had to be euthanized after the film. The the hand puppet. 
That's not true, Eric. <laughs> oh, the hand puppet. Golly. Hey, but fun fact about that scene, and of course it's an iconic visual scene, which I thought was awesome. Although yeah. that Argento style of lighting does take me a little bit out of the movie. Um, but that's a side comment. Uh, but fun fact, that's the same place where the Third Reich used to have their rallies, and that's the same location yeah. where they did like the infamous book burnings um, during Nazi times. Oh, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Yeah, that's another that's another big aspect of this movie. It's actually almost every set that we see has some connection to the Third Reich. Um, the forest that they go through when uh, Susie's going in the cab, that was where Hitler's like bunker was near the end of the war when he was all freaked out. He was hiding in those woods. Um, the bar that we see where uh, the blind um, pian- pianist is is uh, having a drink at that was where hitler had his first kind of uh, what's it called handy are you laughing because of the pianist line <laughs> hey hj these are these are children did you just say the blind cam penis the blind pianist <laughs> the, the blind pianist <laughs> oh, I swear to God. get your head out of your pants sean what are you doing come on well the penis will be blind yeah. professionalism but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was. I was. I forgot. I was on a professional podcast for a change. Your head out of the gutter. Should we break for a word from our sponsors? Yeah, uh, the penis uh, spray. I don't know. That's low hanging fruit. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh Jesus! But back to the bar. Back to the bar. This is serious. Uh, serious topic here. <laughs> like, yeah, that the was easy bar or the other bar where the penis was having his drink. There you go. Yeah, that was where Hitler gave his first speech. And then shortly after that, the Nazi party was formed also in that bar. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other ones. But, like, there was a few buildings that were destroyed by World War II that the Nazis rebuilt. That building where the first kill scene is in, that was one of the Nazi rebuilt buildings. So, for whatever reason, Argento had, like, an obsession with the Third Reich in this movie. And I guess he wanted to, like, compare the, the witches to the Third Reich, which seems like a weird choice to me. It seems like... For the most part, people who were in Germany would get the references, but people outside of Germany probably wouldn't know those locations, so it was kind of a weird inside joke on his part. And I will say, because the scene just played uh, on my screen, the the, the death of the pianist, um, when he's there in, in the square, and it's because of the camera movements and some other things going on with the lighting, it makes it seem like there's something swooping around him. Mm-hmm. At one point, it even almost looks like there's witches on broomsticks, like in the shadows, if you use your imagination. Mm-hmm. But the way it was moving around, it just reminded me of uh, um, the bridge scene in The Lost Boys, um, when hmm. you get the, the feeling that there's vampires or bats or something um, like swooping around without ever actually seeing them. It was very evocative of that scene. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in many years. Me too. Oh well, trust me. If you compare the scenes, there's a lot of similar type of um, what's the word um, implication going oh. on. Oh, and uh, speaking of implications, did you guys like the? Uh, did you think it was a good sign right up at the front that the house that she's going to is called Escherstrasse, or the the street that the house is on? Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Escher's. Yeah, Argento is a big fan of yeah, Escher and 
MC Escher wanted the house to be kind of set up like that, like a house that could never exist in the real world. Huh. Well, I definitely noticed. I definitely noticed the mural that had that type of imagery. Yeah. Yeah, and there's lots of those kind of clever little bits. Like, he seemed like he put a lot more thought into just kind of the set design and the locations rather than the plot. Because it really is such a bare-bones, kind of uninteresting plot. It's such a shame that this amazing-looking and sounding movie has just such a dull story at the center of it. It's I just don't get that. And, you know, the, it, it can have a dull story, and you can do a dull story artfully. Like, uh, you mentioned Repulsion earlier. That is a dull story. It's just a lady in her apartment and she's going crazy. But it's yeah. magnificently done, you know? Um, if you look at something like Misery, which is not a great movie. I wish it was directed by somebody else. That movie is mostly like, you know, the Kathy Bates show. Um, not a lot happens in that, you know? But it's still it still, you know, holds you. This does not work. It doesn't hold me. Um, I think there's a lot of pointless dialogue that shouldn't be there. Um, like the whole, uh, you mentioned the, 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 the mention of the snakes. They go, I mean, it's dumb. I, what is she talking about? And it makes sense now that you told me, oh, they're 12 year olds. But even if they were 12 year olds or that was written for a 12 year old, but even if they were 12 year olds, I still don't care. I don't care. Mm. And like, oh, they're trying to poison her. Oh, do you think? Is it, you know, first they try to shove water down her throat, then they bring in the food. You know, they've got this uh, lurch guy working there. He's about eight feet tall. Uh, I don't think he made the audition to be Jaws in those James Bond movies. But he, he, he kind of looks like that guy. Like, he might have it. whatever that guy had. Uh, like, uh, what's that called? Um, Trigantism or... I was thinking Acromeglia, the one that, uh, oh, what was that? That There was that one actor that played all these monsters. Um, but anyway. Yeah, but he he pulled out all his teeth because he had gingivitis. Sir, that's not funny. I have gingivitis. That's what they used to do back then. It's not a joking manner. A lot of people have gingivitis, but they don't pull out all their teeth is my point. Except, Sean, did you, is this a secret revelation that you want to? tell here on the podcast you pull all your teeth yes i have suffered with no i don't i've never pulled out my teeth i just <laughs> went to the fucking doctor and had literally two surgeries done one on the top set of teeth the other one on the bottom oh wow so. oh wow that's rough um no it was pretty fun because they gave me some really fun drugs and then i went home and took a nap and hey i don't have bad, bad breath anymore um you know what? Let's see how Isaac's doing. Isaac! Yeah. Yes? What's going on? How are you liking the film over there? Uh, dogs eating the blind man's neck. Oh, okay. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's yummy. Oh, now the cops or whoever it is just, like, notice. Like, oh, great. You didn't notice, like, before. Well, here's a question for, for, for the room here, including you, Isaac. Um, I've always felt that the movie peaks too early with that fantastic death scene. The beginning. First time I watched it, I was just completely captured by all that stuff. Even though the acting is kind of bad, I think the colors are at their most vibrant. The kind of set design just pops. I love that elevator has like the weird triangle mm -hmm. light thing. I think that looks fantastic. Um, and then just 
amazing death scene. I think that's just beautiful stuff. It is. I Feels agree. like a piece of art. And the movie never really captures that kind of look again. Like they keep the the cool set design and the colors, but in terms of the the murder, it it's it never quite gets that kind of height again. Um, I'm gonna bring up another movie. I'm sorry, this is kind of rude, but sure. you know, like when you read read things on the internet, like eat this instead of this. Well, this is my recommendation of watch this instead of Suspiria. And that would be another 1970s, uh, the quote-unquote first slasher movie, but it's not. Um, And that would be Black Christmas um, Mm. from 1974, directed by Bob Clark, who also directed A Christmas Story years later. Um, When you talk about the movie peaking in in the beginning, that movie kind of does that. Mm. But... Mm-hmm. There are other things throughout the movie up until the end that keep your interest. I mean, there's the there's the nasty yeah. phone calls. There's the whole plot about the girl missing. But we know she's not missing. She's really dead up in the attic. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the abortion plot. The abortion plot. Eh, I could have done without that. But I think I know oh, why it's there. Oh, I love there. that. I love that part. Really? But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, well, yes. Good recommendation. I agree. <laughs> you know what? Kind of love an abortion subplot. Love the abortion subplots in all the movies. Yeah, that's why we all love Kill the Moon. It's our favorite Doctor <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, I also was having some flashbacks. I swear to God, I don't want to bring this up. Well, no, I didn't. I brought it up before <laughs> we were recording. I was also cut with the set design. Some of the set design. I was having flashbacks to Sallow or 120 Days of Sodom. Oh, wow. Mm, mm. And, and uh, it's really gaudy and out there. Like, it's not even realistic. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't that. like that. I don't, I mean, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, it, for yeah. whatever reason, it both works and and appalls me at the same time. Because it's... Yeah. It, it's it's what I think of when I think of like the gaudy seventies, um, yeah. And the, in the seventies, like it, it, I'm talking about visually, it seems like a good idea conceptually how the seventies looks. Um, and I obviously I only got this from movies and looking at pictures, but I always imagine like when you see like an image of uh, like a bachelor's apartment in the seventies or something like that, things like sort of look cool, but you could just imagine. If you could actually touch it and feel it, that everything would just be brittle and break, and yeah. it and conceptually, mm. it's like there's a veneer. The seventies, uh, I'm speaking like poetically. It was like a grungy time where there was like a yes. fake veneer of no, this looks nice and new, but it's 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 skin deep. That's uh, Boogie Nights to a T. That's the whole theme of <laughs> Boogie Nights. Yeah. And there is that scene where uh, Mark Wahlberg moves into, uh, I think it's a house, it's not an apartment, but he has the most God-hideous, gross, <laughs> like if Ikea shit was made out of plastic or clear plastic at that. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. Because I, I almost wish this whole movie was done like a throwback black and white movie. Uh, I mean, like those black and white movies that they made during the color, oh. color age. Now I know. Now, now I know so much of the movie depends on the color, and I get that. Um, yes, I get it. But I 
still, if it was done in the style of, I mean, production style of something uh, set design wise, um, with the proper color tones for black and white and shot in that way, like Psycho or or Doctor Strange Love, I think it might be a a more visually interesting movie in a different way um, than than this actual movie. Wow, that's yeah, I definitely don't agree with that. <laughs> I mean, it could be interesting in its own way, but I think this movie just looks incredible. Yeah, it'd be something, yes, and it'd be something completely different than this. Like, both could exist at the same time and be two different things. Um, but I think it might pull me more in with that type of uh, atmosphere versus this. And, and while I do it, okay, I appreciate what they're doing with the colors and, like you say, evoking like a cartoon. And, and that's all great, and I like seeing the primary colors. But because. Um, so much of the movie is so is shot so bright. Um, it reminds me of those criticisms. What what season of it was of Doctor Who where they where um, other co- uh, podcast commentators used to always comment that it, it was just too bright. Yeah, like season like uh, nineteen and twenty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I was thinking Warriors of the Deep. Like there's something like the light is just blown out and it. It kind of ruins it for me because, fine, have the colors, but I they're they're too blown out. I'd like to see them like deeper and richer, uh, rather than blown out. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Because to me, it makes it look cheaper than it than it than it could look um, if the lighting was was toned down or more measured. Um. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I will say, uh, I think that's just an Italian thing. I tend to feel like a lot of their movies are, are really bright. I, I don't doubt it for one second. You know what? You know what movie I just thought of that that is sort of like that? Not what Eric said, but like this in its modern day. Well, <laughs> not anymore, but uh, Dick Tracy. Oh, um, yeah. And I, <laughs> that came after Creepshow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like 1990. Yeah. Yes. And... If memory serves, I haven't seen that movie since it first came out, but that had a lot of bright, bright colors in it, a lot of um, 100%. Art Deco style. I don't think that they had quite the same architecture as they did in this movie, or flammable wallpaper, for that matter. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't help it. All that velvet wallpaper, like that's going to oh go God. up. That's gonna, that, that place is going to go up like the Death Star when it catches fire at the end you know that that's oh. when she enters the school and there's all those like kind of triangle kind of uh windows and doors and the blue velvet or is it purple velvet i can't tell it's per- they have both i think in the film yeah either way it, it just yeah i think that's stunning there there is there is one thing missing from this film though if you took um all the horror movies american and italian horror movies that came out this in the same year they have some 80 percent of them 80 85 percent of them have something that's not in this movie and it would be so yes that's it (laughs) you guessed it boobs yes it would be so easy and i think this goes for all his movies like he could have had boobs in him but he didn't i can't think of an argento movie where he had boobs Oh, just wait till uh, Aja Argento starts starring. Ah, uh, fuck. That's when he breaks out the boobs. His own daughter? 
Oh, we wait till then. Yeah. We're not going to show Jennifer Connelly's boobs, but we'll show my daughter's. <laughs> it's weird. Jennifer, Con- Jennifer Connelly was in an Argento movie? Yes, that was her first movie. Uh, yeah, it was Phenomena. Yeah, and uh, I haven't been able to get through it. That was the last Argento oh, wow. movie I got in Blu-ray. And she plays a girl who can communicate with, is it insects or animals? Yeah, insects. insects. Yeah, she can call the flies or the ants to assist her when bullies yeah, start coming after her. And Donald Pleasance is there with his little monkey sidekick. Oh, now I want to watch it now that I know that he's in it. Well, color me intrigued. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible movie. But one that by the time you get to the end, it's so bad, it's good. It becomes hilariously, embarrassingly bad. And I, I think that's the, the unfortunately, uh, the beginning of the end for Argento. Uh, yeah. Because I don't think he's made like a really critically successful film since. He's got no. one coming out soon, I understand. Just can't keep a good man down. Oh, wow. I know that he uh, made a movie this year as an actor. Not as director, uh, the Gaspar Noir film Vortex, which I'm anxiously waiting to see because I'm a huge Gaspar Noir fan. Uh-huh. But uh, it's not had any sort of North American release. Let's talk about Suspiria for a second. But what's the deal with Nurse Ratchet um, wearing like like man manly or men like suits and ties? Is that a thing? Uh, I've just never seen it before ever anywhere. Well, it's because she's a lesbian. No, I... Oh, I, I, I was like, is she? Is that what it is? I don't... <laughs> that's that's a line from Betty White and Santa Life. I mean, is it a European thing that I'm just unaware of? I've never seen a woman wear, like, a double-breasted suit and a tie without some explanation or something. I did get a, a, a like, maybe, like, coded lesbian thing going on there. So <laughs> I don't know if that was what they were trying to do. Okay. I mean, I can see that. It just seems a bit on the on the nose. It does. Um, it does. That's what it was. But I just, I've literally never seen someone wearing, like, such masculine suits. But on the nose is the Argento way. He yeah. He's not a big fan of subtlety in his pictures. Okay. So. That makes sense. I, uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine him him making it anything that what you're thinking about it. I mean, this is post from Russia with love. Um <laughs> Oh, oh yeah! No, come on! Oh yeah! No, I, no, mean, I that, can see it. Nice reference. Seriously, she she was a total lesbian, and it was subtle. And German. There was just that one moment. Yeah, and she was German. Yeah, it wasn't even that subtle. I mean, she's all over that chick. Who is? Yeah, uh, I forgot about. Her. And of course, uh, spoofed in Austin Powers. And spoofed in in High Anxiety, where Cloris Leachman plays nurse. I can't remember her name. But those who are late will not get fruit cup. Anybody high anxiety? No. I like how this. Oh yes. Uh, you know what I never saw about high anxiety. No, no, no. Me neither. I think I, I think I own it though. I was just pandering to you, Sean. Oh fuck you, asshole! No, it's okay. <laughs> I like how it's the sixth meeting of psychology and psychiatry. But does that mean it's the sixth meeting or is like the sixth like the name of like their group or conglomerate or something? That's interesting, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's not until the ninth meeting that they realize, hey, we were wrong about homosexuality. Uh, that's the subtitle for that meeting. I do I do like that uh, at the meeting they have this one guy who's like doesn't give a fuck about psychology, he's like a witchcraft expert. <laughs> He's just kind of hanging out there. <laughs> Is it the Bernie Sanders guy that comes up and 
Yeah, it's Bernie. He also mentions like a fifteen dollar minimum wage. By the way, I think is a good thing, and the riches are against it. Wow, but no, but it's perfect that you had mentioned how Argento is about being on the nose um, because this scene came up in real time. Because it's, I guess, it is obvious because of what they're discussing, and because um, what's his name is the scientist uh, Udo that it starts with the very like evocative like architecture of modern day it almost looks like conquest of the planet of the apes and it, and mm. of course it's the the first it biggest con- well aside from the airport it's such the exact opposite contrast of the the ballet house with its you know old type mm. of architecture and now we're seeing like the stark modernism and then of course this guy who doesn't believe in all that witchcraft that's a really that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank huh. you. No, that's a good point. <laughs> before we go any wait, wait, before we go any further, Hal, uh, uh, bring us to uh, the the theater. Let's see how Isaac's doing. Da, 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 da. Yeah, let's go down to our our friend in the yeah upper balcony. What do you, what do you have to say over there? Shush, no talking. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm gonna watch him over here. Now he's like those. Uh, I picture him as like those old guys in the Muppets. He's just up there, and <laughs> yeah, moving targets harder to hit. Oh, 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 oh. this movie's terrible. Oh, 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 oh. that's not what I think. When, Putting words in my Steve, mouth. When Steve and I were at a, uh, the Doctor Who convention, somebody actually did tell us that we were the Statler and Waldorf of Doctor <laughs> Who podcasting. Lovely. That was a great compliment. They didn't. I don't, I don't know if they realized. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you appreciated it. Oh, but since uh, Eric mentioned the airport, uh, or the, whatever that is, I think it's airport, I do love that bit as she's walking and then the music plays whenever the door opens. I think that's a great way to kind of mm-hmm. suck me into the movie oh. and be like, okay, I'm kind of entering a new world. It was amazing. La, 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 la. Yeah. Yeah, that, the music in this is fantastic. I, I think it might be the best Goblin yeah. soundtrack. It, it is Absolutely. So perfect. It's even on cue. And even at one point, we hear the word witch. Yeah. You know, uh, Some reverb on there. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I'll say, uh, when I saw this the first time, it would have only been maybe a few weeks even since I saw the saw Phantasm for the first time. Mm. And so I saw these two in a similar way where it's kind of like they're both living in their own kind of dream world. Like this doesn't really feel like reality. It feels like some sort of dream. So so in that way, I, I think I was just really primed for it at the time. Jesus. And as the years have gone on, I, I feel like I like Phantasm a little more than this movie. Really? But they both have a great score, and they both um, live in a cool dream logic world. I just feel like Phantasm kind of fulfills that mode a little bit better than this. Um, I think you're right. Um, But... Oh wow! I think, I I think that might be why I don't like Phantasm very much because it was so surreal. Oh, I adore it! I love it. I love Angus Scram in that, um, but this I have to say is much more. No, that's such a stupid thing to say. It's much I was going to say much more realistic than Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, realism isn't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, for those of you who haven't seen Phantasm. And want to see something really fucked up. Um, not like Cannibal Holocaust fucked up. 
but like yeah. what the fuck am I what is going on I have no idea and then when they explain it at the end you're like Jesus Christ it was that yeah Phantasm is the movie well. for you <laughs> boy boy yeah, yeah he's he's so awesome in that movie oh it's a, that's the other uh uh, another um, director who who did a episode of Masters of Horror at the beginning. Yes, he very much did. Yeah, uh, incident on a country road or a mountain road. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, not yeah. An, another one that's that's one of the weaker ones. But oh, sir, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, Don Coscarelli. Yeah, yeah, he also made a great movie called uh, Bubba Hotep. Oh, where, yes, uh, Bruce Campbell plays. Um, maybe Elvis in an old folks home. Yeah, and dealing with a mummy. <laughs> a mummy comes and feeding feeding on the elderly. Great if movie. you want to see Bruce Campbell playing Elvis as an old guy battling a mummy, you will never be happier seeing this film. And I've I've never seen the whole thing. I rented it one time on DVD for my love video iconic, no longer here video store in Austin. And something happened where I got distracted or somebody came over or some shit like that. And then it was like, oh, shit, we got to return this. Uh, yeah. 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 Go. Everyone go back to that movie. That movie is, doesn't get enough attention. I think it's just great. Uh, and Bruce Campbell. I mean, he commits. That guy does. You can take an absurd concept like that and he'll go all out there and try to give his Oscar performance in it. <laughs> He's great. So I looked up, I did look up uh, Suspiria, because I was always wondering what Suspiria meant. Uh, I was like, hey, is this Italian for something? What is it? Of course, it is Latin. Suspirio. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Uh, but Susp- it, it, instead, it's said to um, to look up su, uh, Suspirium. Okay, we're getting even more Latin here. Yeah, I hate uh, when so, they do that. <laughs> uh, fair <laughs> enough. So it's a noun. And uh, it would be either it's two meanings. It's either deep breath or a sigh. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hmm, okay. So there is a lot of sighing going on in this film, both in like the <laughs> soundtrack and in uh, some of the performances of the people. I'm not saying like they're sighing because they're in this film, but like uh, they're, I guess their characters are told to uh, sigh and, and or take a deep breath. I don't know what that means, but... I'm trying to look at this as a piece itself, a piece of art. If this is like a art piece on display, almost like a performance art, this I think I like this a little more. It's not about mm-hmm. characters; it's about what happens to these props, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the machinations of something far more reaching than these people can be, uh, than they can tr- control, like a group of. Like the system itself is trying to control these women, and I'm just like, okay, is there more to this than just like that, or am I just reading like too little of, of this? I think that's absolutely. I think that's probably one of the best things somebody said in this podcast, <laughs> in this episode so <laughs> far, because I think you are absolutely right. Um, my close personal friend Eric, who's not on this podcast right now, yeah, of course, not. Uh, mm-hmm. once said that you can appreciate Sallow or 120 Days of Sodom if you just look at it as an art film, as opposed mm-hmm. to like a piece of pornography or something like that. And I 100 percent agree with that. And I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go if you look at this as an art for, 
uh, art, art, demon booze. Uh, if you look at this as an art film as opposed to a horror film, this is a much yep. better movie. Um, I'm looking at a scene right now where it's the two ladies in a swimming pool, and it's like the best looking swimming pool room I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, if you look really closely, you don't have to look closely, but in the, <laughs> surrounding the swimming pool are these green doors with with bars in the in the windows. Like, are those changing rooms? They can't be prison cells. That wouldn't look that wouldn't be right. Uh, but it looks almost like a Greek bath or something like that. It looks so cool. Yeah. Literally cool. And the music, the music that's playing mm-hmm. during that scene, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's this movie's got a vibe all of its own. That's one of the things that always brings me back to it. Nothing else feels like it. Yeah, th- this is what makes it like one of the big cult horror movies of the 70s. Um, and it I think it really got a comeback maybe in the mid 2000s, if memory serves. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's around when um, Anchor Bay released it. Yeah, and Anchor Bay at the time was like its own little aero video or scream factory. Uh, p- there was people who were just buying every release that they put out, and I think Suspira was one of the ones that really got uh, the fans kind of back. Like, oh wow, now we get to see it in at the time like restored. It's never looked better on this this crappy DVD. And yeah, that's I think that's one of the things that brought it back into a uh, the mainstream, if it were. On the other hand, I wouldn't mind seeing this in the big screen um, with yes. like an old print with all the pops and hisses. Um, I love that kind of stuff, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I'm too lazy to drive all the way downtown Austin, go to the Paramount Theater and find parking and all that shit. Okay, I'm sorry. What What's that? Isaac mentioned the uh, the you know the the meaning of the name Suspiria, but of course Argento. Was inspired by uh, an old collection of essays from 1845 called Suspiria de Profundis. That's so funny. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, which the title, you know, translates into like size of the deep, size from the deep. Um, it was a collection of uh, of poems, but they were supposed to be um, they were based upon uh, memories. Uh, influenced by hallucinogenic use, and they were a bunch of like it's like an anthology of like stories of, of fantasy type genre, um, written by I guess he's a famous English writer Thomas De Quincey, uh, which makes me wonder. I think the street I lived on in England was named after the same person. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. <laughs> I, I just learned now <laughs> why I lived on De Quincey. Uh, yeah, that, that they do that. So there you go. Yeah, and that was the uh, that was the origin of the trilogy, because that introduced the three mothers, and it's the same names as the three oh. mothers that we see in these movies. Huh. Yeah, and that's uh, I guess that's where he, he came up with it. I think the word fantasy is very apropos. Um, some of this stuff does not make not, not only does it make logical like sense, but also it doesn't make physical sense. Um, I the scene I remember when we did this for classic horror cast. Kyle pointed out the scene with the barbed wire. <sighs> what logic? What what sense? What physical sense does it make to have a room in your ballet school that's filled with barbed wire? And why 
does the girl try to... Does she try to jump from one window to the other end? It's like, girl, no. You're you're not going to well, make that. You're going to die in barbed wire. See, I got the sense that the wire wasn't there until she, she fell down into it. Okay, that's that's what Kyle's what? point was. Yeah, like that Schrodinger's cat? Yes. Well, because we see multiple spells throughout the movie. And they were after at the moment with their little slow blade trying to get in the room and they clearly weren't trying to get into it. Like, there's no way they just keep trying over and over again. That seemed like that was just to, to spook her. So, yeah, I think they were trying to push her into a place where they could yeah, trap her like that. I just but. wanted her to stop moving in that, more accurately, Constantino wire. I wanted her to stop moving. That was, that was definitely discomforting. Because I've been around that kind of stuff a lot in my life, and I just couldn't imagine being all up in it. Oh, yeah, that actor said that it was excruciating. And then when she was done the scene, she was covered in cuts all over her hands and her arms. Well, it could obviously it couldn't have been real, though. I mean, that, that's insane. If this was oh, a... Oh, sorry. If this was yeah, a... She said she had scars from it. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I've got scars from this. I, if this okay, this if this was a pop up podcast like pop up video, uh, Eric, you'd be the one that would write in the bubbles. That is Constantine Wire. There you go. And I picture like a little icon, like a little picture of you next to it with like one of those graduation caps on and like a, a, a pipe. This was based on the writings of De Quincey. Blah, 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 blah. Objection! You've been playing too much Ace Attorney because I feel like yeah. I'm one of those bubbles that shows up in that video game. I am never uh, ever going to be playing Ace Attorney. I could picture Eric. I could picture Eric with a with a star for mathematical excellence as well. I will, however, play with AC Ace Attorney if I can meet him in real life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i don't know what but uh yeah suspiria so our, our, let's go back to uh isaac in the theater hal cut to isaac yeah well what are you seeing now uh, uh the man on the street uh little pete i thought i'm in the theaters what are you talking about there's a story <laughs> the man in the theater sorry i'm just going to uh the ferris project it's sort of like guillermo from jimmy kimmel's show guillermo what are you doing right now I'm shoving my head into a dryer, and uh, <laughs> I'm watching the movie, Jimmy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, you know she's she's still sleuthing around. She's like doing the whole like you know, how many steps was it? Like she's she's figured out like I can find them by going, uh, listening to their footsteps and counting how many footsteps they have. They don't go home. They actually just stay in the building. See. Oh, thank this you. Is, this thank is you. what I'm talking about. Doesn't that sound fascinating? The way he describes it, it doesn't. You how how are you going yeah. to make that interesting? Oh, and I gotta say, because uh, she's like, oh, you know, he's just upstairs up here, but we see earlier that the upstairs right above them is where that maggot uh, meat was stored. Yep. So I was like, wait a minute, like, it, there's two places upstairs. I thought it was just their like storage area, but maybe maybe I miss miss uh, remembered something. That is an attic. <laughs> yeah, they're attic. They're they're. They're boozic. They're they're alcoholic. They're they're <laughs> attic with sundry weapons <laughs> that we we may need if we go back to medieval times. That's where I found this Fuller's vintage ale, which I've been enjoying <laughs> so thoroughly. <laughs> I'm just envisioning Sean's summer sausage. 
Oh my god, oh my god. Let's go. Oh my oh Jesus Christ. Hey, this isn't that kind of bar. It's more of a brat. Yeah. That's yeah, you know, that's that's like TARDIS tavern language. There sir. you go. Yeah. I wouldn't know. It's not a summer sausage. My god. It's more of a bratwurst. That's uh better than Oh this. let's let's uh oh I wonder how you know that. As long yes. as that'll be in a sausage. Yeah, we didn't just watch Interstellar. We went into Shoner. It's a different kind of black hole. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. First of all, it's not black, so obviously we didn't do anything. I lost all sense of time. (laughs) Oh. That's my first. (laughs) That's my first contact. Uh... Oh. Oh, I need more booze for this one. I'm never... (laughs) (laughs) He's not even drunk, Caleb. Like, he's not even drunk. Yeah, that's the crazy part. That's the crazy part. (laughs) Yeah. He's, like, we're, like, drunk. Like, if if he said this at the beginning when we weren't drunk, we'd be like, Oh, dear, clutch the pearls. My monocle (laughs) fell out of my eye. But you're gonna put all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna put all this at the end, right? Like this is an Easter egg. Oh, I don't even know. Uh, okay. Track. No, we really didn't do anything. <laughs> I never mind. <laughs> Curiously, I couldn't walk. Oh, um, of it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Another beer for this. I hate you so much right now. But what, where else do we have to go? Uh, may, maybe Isaac over there in the theater. He's got. Some oh, idea. if you go back to when she goes oh. down the stairs, because I'm looking at it, it looks like there's massive TARDIS doors that are like 60 feet wide. Um, mm-hmm. If you seriously go back and watch it, it looks like it's a blue wall with humongous TARDIS windows um, yeah. at a slant, and that's just, I don't even know what that's supposed to be, other than the TARDIS. He's- that's that's correct. It really does. I I did have some flashbacks of Tardis. I had uh, uh, Deja Tardis, if there you will. You go. Yeah, Deja who? Yeah. No, but as y'all, I wonder how said like to just look at it as an art piece. I I certainly did that. Um, you know, of course I wasn't I wasn't even hung up on those types of things, and I wouldn't. For this kind of movie, like yeah. you know, on the logic of things, oh no, 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 that 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 would be silly. Um, I don't even know what the point of that would be. Uh, yeah, and, and you weren't a part of it, Eric. But for our our Fulci uh, series that we've been doing lately, I mentioned how when he made uh, the Beyond, he like threw out all bothering with logic. He was like, ah, oh, I don't need to worry about that. My mood skills are are enough to just mm-hmm. carry the movie. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, that's definitely this movie for Argento. I I wonder though if you were to ask him that if he would say that. Like I mean, like a film well, all my films are an art piece or if you said mm. does this make sense? Like okay, did you mean for it to be really a lot more criterion collection than your other movies? You know, was this your intention? Were you going to think, were you thinking that, oh, this is going to be set aside? Maybe not better, but just set aside for my other movies. But I also wonder when it comes to artistic types, uh, 
I always also wonder um, behind the music or behind the movie, like, is is he an artist? Because I don't know that much about him. Uh, is he an artist who went through phases like like the Beatles and 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 under the influences of different things that could have affected his art? Because it does seem like he, mm. from what little I know at this point, it does seem like he went through a bit of an arc of doing more standard grounded things um, yep. before going into like the wacky. And, and so I wonder if any like outside recreational use influenced his ideas. Interesting. Mm. I think it was Daria Nicolodi. I think she was the big influence that kind of changed the direction of his career. Up to this point was that his wife or and she was the mother or uh, or his betrothed his goomba i don't know if they ever married but yeah they were certainly together for many many years and his she muse. show up in almost every one of his films yeah his muse yeah yeah produced uh him and him him and her produced uh asia argento together you know and <laughs> i don't know if that's the way to say that uh, but like um, in a laboratory <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she became the next muse for his 90s stuff. Okay. Oh, boy, jeez. So I see a lot of parallels to Woody Allen. Yeah, that is probably true. Um, at least it's true in so far, I think, as, uh, you know, he, his filmmaking went through phases of like, okay, this is really great. This is not so great. Uh, it, with Woody Allen, I think that people just don't yeah. care anymore. But this whole muse thing would. and... Working with significant others, so many of the greats. Uh, Igmar Bergman was the same. Obviously, Woody Allen, James Cameron, Robert Rodriguez, um, who had like both working relationships and romantic relationships with with somebody who was assisting them in their films. Yeah, but I will say it was definitely intentional on on Argento's part to just throw away logic in this movie. Because I mean, think about this: this this is a guy who. Uh, wrote uh, once upon a time in the west right like he mm. can he can put out some good stuff but at this point he was just like i care about mood i care about set design plot that's the least important thing in my mind and i i don't necessarily agree with that choice i think that's one of the things that makes this movie less interesting on repeat viewings but 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 also i mean i can't argue with how fantastic it looks it really is just brilliant in that regard in the Technicolor, I mean, I don't think there's that many horror movies at all that were shot in Technicolor. Um, so that definitely makes this one unique. Apparently, that was, like, rooted in a myth. Um, because people have been under the belief that it was shot using, like, a Technicolor film. Um, oh, yeah, it's just the process. Right? right, yeah, it was shot on standard Kodak film, but then put through a process yeah. to, to do the separation that they were trying to do. Um, but I guess someone erroneously, erroneously said this, like on a laserdisc special feature on on the movie, and so yeah. it's like, yeah, people think that that's what happened. But but still, I mean, yeah, it was it was essentially a the same process because they still produced the three different negatives. Yeah, and they just kind of composite them together to create this. Right, yeah. right, right. Oh, but do we have much more for uh, Suspiria here, uh, the three of us? I don't have much more to say. Oh. A uh, nice bat, maybe. <laughs> See, that's another moment that I thought was extremely similar to Phantasm. When I first saw the two of them, I'm like, I can't believe that both these movies have moments with like a really fake-looking 
kind of bat-like thing. I was like, why would they both include this? This is just some crap. It was a terrible bat. Like, the bats that fly around the Count from Sesame Street <laughs> were better bats than the bat in this movie. Yeah, he wouldn't even count that one. He would just, just ignore that and be like, oh, that's... Uh, zero! Zero bats. Yeah, don't call attention to that one. <laughs> um... Yeah, I've got nothing else to say. I think a lot of this uh, rest of this episode is, is depends on Isaac. Oh, is he still there? Is, let's, let's cut back to the theater. Oh, he's pulling his mic. Here we go. Yeah. Hal, bring us back to the theater there. Okay, so I walked out of the theater. Uh, watched it again. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, he's in the bar. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> um, let's see. So, once again, great movie. Um... Like, I, I very much enjoy it. Uh, for what it is, it's a... Uh, it's a it's an, I'm looking at art. And I, I do enjoy that. You're not getting character for this, but that's the thing is that like not everything has to be about this. Uh, I'm, I'm slowly starting to learn that like if you go with like the unconventional and you're going like, you know, unorthodox, I think that's not the worst thing you can do. If everything is always the same, well, then why, why, why would we have like these discussions uh, on stuff like this? So I, I appreciate the, this kind of movie. And no, I've I've. The reason I've wanted to talk about it for years is because, you know, I wanted to come back to it. And I'm really happy that we were able to talk about it. You know, as even though I wasn't, you know, present most of the time, I still very much like enjoyed like the, most of it for pit's sakes and discussing it with you guys. Um, but it's kind of funny how it all wraps up pretty quickly. Um, oh, yeah. Where like, you know, mm -hmm. she, she travels down there um, to the secret lair or the, the secret room. And like, you know, she, she, it's pretty spooky. Like I'll say that. Like at least me personally, I I've, I got spooked. Like this whole film, like is at least horror to me. Like I, I do get I did get like some shivers down my spine, and so like I'll say I was I was scared by it. Uh, so yeah, it really was good just, suspense. Uh, since I'll say that, what do you want to say, Caleb? Yeah, just to cut in, we never talked about Sarah and her creepy laughing with the the pins in her eyes. I do think that's a really creepy image. I love that. Yes, it bit. is. No, it really is, and you're just like, what the hey is going on there? Uh, striking image of imagery, of course. But uh, yeah, she's down there. She's all alone, and you know, we're we the audience are with her. It's like, what the hey is gonna happen? And I really don't know what's gonna happen. Like I remember back at that point, I'm just like, what the heck is gonna, is going on here? We're gonna like see some like blood sacrifice. It's a little bit of a letdown. I'll I'll, I'll admit that. I wonder if like you know Argento mm. went over budget or he just like ran out of money or time. I I couldn't even tell you. Um, but he wraps it up quite quickly, I'd say. Like, there's no confrontation with any of the superiors. Uh, he's not like she doesn't like have a face-to-face -face conversation with them. Doesn't get captured or anything like that. We're not talking like Temple of Doom here, uh, where Willie's put in like you know to the the, the lava pit of Kali. Uh, nothing like that. What? But like, not not that I'm <laughs> saying we need that. Yeah, exactly. I'm wanting that, but I'm just saying like I expected that something like that to happen, where it's like this coven wants to like perform this blood sacrifice, as it was like we gotta get rid of the American girl. All of a sudden, it's just like what the heck is this? Like she must die, die, die. Yeah, like what was that? <laughs> okay, like whatever. So yeah, I, obviously logic thrown out the window, but you're experiencing uh, this for other reasons of you know not again not for story, but just like, well I guess story, but what's happening there. <laughs> And so, she, you know, she goes into this other room after, like, they kind of sense her presence. And uh, after she gets sick, as, as like, you know, the, the woman curses uh, a spell on her or puts a curse on her. And goes in that room and we see, I guess, the, the main source of the evil. Uh, what, mm. was, what was her name? Uh, it, was, it was a mother, correct? Mother Helen? Marcus, I believe? Maybe it was yeah. Helen. Elena Marcus. Elena Marcus. Thank you, Elena Marcus. Or Helena. Marcus. I, Helena I Marcus. think it's Elena. Yeah, it's fair enough. Uh, but... 
you know, she's she's not there, and like, you know, what the flip's going on? And then she like I guess possesses um, her friend Sarah, and then like with one of those peacock statues or whatever it is the feathers off of that peacock statue she stabs like the immaterial and somehow kills it somehow and then after that like everything falls apart uh the corpse dies all the women die all all the denizens of the entire building yeah die. the old man said that that, that could yeah, happen that's true exactly. that's right okay so there was setup hey there actually was like you know setup in this film what a shock um and then you uh, know just like uh raiders of the lost ark uh, she removes the relic from the the, the statue and uh, or the resting spot, and then the whole temple comes down, just like this. Yeah. And it's she has to escape, and she escapes, and then has a smile on her face in the end. Yeah, yeah you know, I never realized Spielberg that fucking hack. He ripped this movie off about those hacks, uh... hacks. Yeah, I I find it very interesting that everything that Isaac just said relates to me back to a movie that Eric mentioned earlier in the in the episode and that would be House of the Devil. Yeah. Uh, which is another movie that has a very very slow burn except yep. for the most part it's just the one girl in the one house and she's walking around the house and this house is like a as I say knives out. This house is like a clue board. Um, <laughs> except it's not a mystery. And, you know, she finds out near, like, the last half hour of the movie, and this movie's about two hours long, memory serves, I don't know, but, you know, she sees, first, she sees some dead bodies, fuck, something's going on, but it's very late in the game for her to realize anything's wrong, whereas we, the audience, know that, yeah, girl, this is fucked up, you're in danger, child, whatever, you know, get out while you still can, because we know we're watching a horror movie. Um, and the filmmaker knows that we know, and he's going to lead us on uh, uh, to what happens. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit drunk. I'm sorry. A little bit. <laughs> Jeez, you got to catch up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just wasted. But, but Isaac, I appreciate that ending recap. Yeah, we barely touched on the ending. So. Yeah, it was very good. I, th- I think that, that, was, that, was, that was a wonderful way to recap it. Um, I thought, I and this is me like fusing some of the other like Italian giallos uh, in, in that you've shown me, Caleb. But I really thought this film had something to do with eyes. Uh, I thought he had a big thing with eyes in this one, but I think that might be other films mm. instead. He yes. has a thing with blind people. I know that just because there was a blind person oh. in uh, the next in Demons. Yeah. I know he was that wasn't him, but but still there was a he was there in Demons. Yeah, heavy-handed producer. You may be thinking of Fulci. And that's the other thing. That's where you know we have Fulci and um, oh, what was that second film he did? Yeah, The Beyond. Thank you, The Beyond. Yeah, with with him. I got I, I like the props and the representation no, there. But there was something with eyes, with like with the casting, uh, because of the whole going for a ch- for making the the students look more like smaller children. Supposedly they cast like waif like um, mm. actors. And he was looking for those with large eyes. And when he was asked by a fan or somebody once why he cast uh, Jessica Harper for the role. And he said because because of her eyes. Well, that's fair. I guess hand, maybe hands might also play a thing just with like the demon, um, you know, that's killing everybody. And with well, there's also the freaking like, you know, whatever the immaterial eyes that just come out of nowhere, which I had to like look away because it literally just does terrify me. Um but like, 
there was those are another thing i guess maybe i don't, I don't know if he's like connecting blind people as well where they like they don't have the same kind of like eyes as we do so it's just like is, is that different there i i'm throwing crap out there uh but hands as well like i said the demon let like kills uh both sarah and the woman from the beginning um maybe there's that i, I don't know they were um I'm just throwing shit out now. I'm spitballing, and, and Caleb, you can end this at any time you want. Um, but um, the there were characters in this that didn't have to do with the main plot, but they were in there and they had some interesting scenes, like the uh, cook or the maid. I think she was a cook. Yes, the lady that sat in the hallway with a knife and like flashed it in her face as to say "fuck you" or whatever. Um, I don't like you. Was she in on it? We don't know. We know that she doesn't like people sneaking around the hallways. I, I, I think she has to be in on it to some degree. Well, for some reason, I just imagined that she was preparing all the, the drugged or poisoned food. Okay. That's okay. Okay. All right. Uncle Roger, understand. Nieces and nephews. Um, and then there was the little boy. The little blonde boy. What the hell? He didn't have to be there, and he didn't have any lines. He just sort of hung around in the background. Yeah, and you knew he was part of this whole thing because he's at the end when they have their little ritual or whatever. Go ahead, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, he reminded me of like the the young boy in Lost Boys or uh, the mm, girl played mm, by mm. you know who in Interview with a Vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I took it, it, took him as someone who was taken in by the coven hundreds of years ago and was stuck in the, in the childlike body. I'm not going to agree with that, but okay. No? I mean, I, well, you don't have to agree, but I, I took it that some of them there are immortals, um, and because of his outfit, Ooh, like, old, uh, like seeming like out of age, I mean, the, the time and age, um, it seemed like, like a pilgrim? <laughs> almost. <laughs> well, same era, different different continent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Different, I yeah. took him, that's what that's I took true. him as, is this, this young person who'd been immortalized um, hundreds of years ago and was stuck in, in child form. And if you're going to be a witch, ladies and gentlemen, it, you know, don't have a really ugly peacock statue in your bedroom. <laughs> that is the ugliest peacock statue I've ever seen. Um, but fortunately, it turns out to be a weapon. I actually liked it. I thought it was uh, pretty yeah. like artistically designed. I was like, you know what? I can go for it. I thought it was like a weird reference to the title of that other movie that I haven't seen, but read about the one that you guys yes. mentioned. His first it Giallo. Is. Yeah, the it bird is? with the crystal plumage. Yeah, it's a reference to that. Yeah, that's what, that's what I assumed. Um, what about when they had three flies on the wallpaper that was gray? <laughs> was that three flies on gray velvet? Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I also appreciate that uh, Seinfeld was inspired by this movie. Yeah. Um, in a particular episode. Interesting. Yeah, the episode when there was a soup. No, 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 no. When not the soup Nazi. When George is in the hospital and Clearly. and they draw the curtain. Um, oh yes, the patient, <laughs> yes, the sponge yes. bath next to George. Okay, I'm really glad you brought that up because there there is a part in that, and it's a beautiful scene uh, visually. Uh, yes. There is a moment where I think that there's two ladies having like a pillow fight, or, and they're going to be kind of like sexy with each other. But maybe that was wishful thinking. Yeah, I missed that. I'm wishing I saw that. Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is going to be the worst editing ever. Oh, I know. I was thinking about that. Yeah. 
You're going to have to work well, overtime. It's going to just be a 30-minute 30, 30, 30 long episode. And he'll just call it a day. It'll just be Isaac. Oh, just because I'm the interesting one here. Um, <laughs> think about it. Just going back to you know what Kib said all the way in the beginning, I, I, and I was thinking this when I was watching it as well. Of just like trying to see imagery that does relate to so- Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, because <laughs> at the like, because I'm thinking, okay, so there's uh, if we're going, okay, I don't know the original Grimm's fairy tale story, but everybody knows. Well, I think everybody knows, and not everybody's seen recently uh, the actual like 1937 Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs by Disney, or at least you know him and his production team there. So I was trying to remember. So we got you know Prince Charming. We got wait, is that him or is that no wait? Yes, it is definitely not him in this yes, movie. Yes, we got yes, we do. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Prince Charming or if it was, no, it's Prince Philip and Sleeping Beauty. That's right. Never mind. Um, wait, which which one has the dragon? Uh, that's that's Sleeping Beauty. With Maleficent. Yeah, there's no dragon in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. All right, let me, yeah, let me look up on my Disney uh, database movie here. So I was thinking of all the scales on uh, uh, Susie Banyan's wall. Yes. Why do I keep saying the full name? <laughs> That's maybe the only way I can remember it. Good because you remember it anyway. Um, it's the only way I can remember what her first. But name in, is. in that in that in that film, there's iconography of like there's there's Prince Charming. There's no Prince Charming in that. Well, there's sort of that I, like fling between I, her and the other guy, which doesn't go anywhere, obviously, and is not like touched upon. I I have to interrupt you, Isaac. I don't I I don't think that he meant that it was going to be yeah, like inspired in terms of the story. I think it was more visual and coloring. Oh yeah. In fact, when you when you look at the end of the movie, and after the witch is killed and she's running out of the house. It does look like very much like Snow White in the storm, in the beginning of that movie. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's some side by sides. Okay, but I think I think it's more visual than story. I, I do think it's more visual, but I think there's some evocative themes, not necessarily in the characters, but in the fact that in the in Snow White, you know, the the evil witch um, becomes aware of somebody else uh, out there. Who's basically who could potentially be her her foe, um, who doesn't know, Indeed. and that goes into my theory of how or why part of the reason why I associate it with perhaps she's another witch, and and the head witch is like mm-hmm. wary of her, um, and then is like and then like drugs her and tries to like get her out of the picture ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. Uh, the, the, uh, who's the fairest of them all? It's her instead. Um, and I was thinking of, like magic mirrors of the wall, and so like at the end there's that part where she finally remembers the the girl in the beginning, where she like you know tries to say something as Kayla mentioned earlier of like she she muttered something but she can't remember what it was but finally mm-hmm. like at the you know crux of the end of the film she remembers she looks in the mirror she sees like you know the three primary colored flowers and it's the blue mm-hmm. knob she has to turn like the the blue flower around because that's the doorknob. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, is that like the closest thing I could, like? Maybe I'm projecting here, but is this like the closest thing we get to? And that goes back to your eye agenda because the the flowers are called irises, and they are they are ah, those three primary nice. colors, like the lens, like of you mm-hmm. know film and and seeing this story. I I think yeah, I think you're on there about. I don't know about the eye agenda, but I think you're on to something about <laughs> the the three primary colors. There you go. And it, yeah. interestingly, when uh, what's her friend like, you know, the barbed wire woman, uh, when she gets, you know, when she's trying to wake Susie up under her stupor, 
Um, she, you know, she like looks into her room and she sees white light. Okay, is that like another reference there of like white is the another? It's not a primary color, but it's a um, what do you call it? It's a existing color in its own right, but it's different than the other three. It's a combination of all the colors put together. Oh. Uh, no, white white is nice. all colors That's, put together on the spectrum. That is, and when you have a prism like the dark side of the moon, it splits yeah. into the separate colors. Oh wait, that's right. I I, I know this that's because right. I remember in our class, our teacher told that, and then our teacher told us that, and then he said that um, black was the absence of all color. And of course, there was this kid Cornelius who was black. And he said, "What are you trying to say, Mister Honest? We got no color." And that's, that's <laughs> I remember I learned that in our class too, and I remember I was upset because. I was like, but if you get all the different paints and mix them together, it's not going to be white. It's going to be yeah, black. I, I I remember thinking that too, yeah. but uh, it's got to do with light and not paint. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Unseparated light is white. Correct. No, you're right. Even from the primary colors, you distill them down, you get white. Uh, no, that makes sense. Black is the absence of that. You're correct. Uh, so there's that. And then as for like the seven dorks, I mean, again, I, I tried seeing like Annie... Any personality types and all he's got? Not really. Not, not, not whatsoever. Yeah, that, that's not. Yeah, that's. I kind of wish it was, but it's not. Again, I'm projecting yeah. too much. I'm sorry. Yeah, but obviously the kids are just the dwarves themselves, like the little people in the movie who are not important. <laughs> that kid was like all the seven dorks combined. Oh, the uh, kind of like. Uh... Oh, I don't know what you would call yeah, him. There's a term for that little Dutch boy. Oh, no, not the little kid. Oh. The, the teenager uh, that... Uh, oh, the, the one I had a crush on her? Yeah, him. Yeah, white bread. <laughs> white bread, <laughs> Bellamy, Italian, Bellamy. Uh, I don't know what you'd call that. Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but uh, do, where, where are we? Do we have much, much more? Are we getting close to the old final, uh, final summations? I leave it up to you, Isaac, since you were the. Well, I know for a fact that after this, this is over. This is all over. I'm gonna like spend a whole week thinking about this in the back of my mind, and I'm gonna be like, "Son of a gun! I should have said this." But as of this moment, I have nothing else. So once again, I'll have to like comment that, comment on that, and later works we do but as for now yeah. i think i pretty much like run everything dry from my wet brain well yeah that that's pretty cool isaac everything you said except for one thing and that is calling these podcast episodes works there you go yeah huh. interesting <laughs> what else what should we call them instead i don't know episodes <laughs> projects i don't yeah, know Sean, like... what do you got for us come on you seem to have a counterpoint here I don't. It's just like I wouldn't call podcast episodes works. Fair enough. Unless they're like original writing. There's one podcast that I know where it's like original writings and the guy just reads them off. Oh, you're saying I don't script these? I don't give you guys all your lines? <laughs> no. Did everybody get their lines? Am I being get outed? To be fair, we've been wanting to do them for a while. <laughs> Oh, but uh, I, I guess who who should we start with the final thoughts? Who did I start with last time? I think it was Sean. So Sean, your final thoughts for this this flick here? Uh, very good movie. Um, 
I don't know. Isaac <laughs> kind of probably said it already. Like, it's a uh, good as an art movie, but I I don't want to watch this again. I, I'd rather pick a, a random Argento movie from the same decade and watch that again than watch this. It's like I'm tired of it, like the way that I'm sort of tired of Psycho. Oh, like no. I've already seen. How dare you? Well, I've seen this like three or four times. I've seen Psycho 257 times. How dare times. you? Um, I agree. Get out of this podcast. I, oh. I wrote I, I wrote a paper on Psycho. Like I I could live happily throughout the rest of my no. life and not see oh, Psycho man. again. And I... the same, gird your loins, sir. I'll give you a second. <laughs> Are we ready? Okay. <laughs> All right. But I could go the rest of my life without seeing this movie ever again. Um, and be happy. Um, I love to do some reading about this movie, though. Mm. Um, not some really hardcore, like, this is my thesis out of graduate school uh, reading, but, you know, just maybe some, some commentary from a, a magazine or two, or, you know, long commentary, like a long article. Um, I, because I do want to find out more about this movie. But watching it, in fact, by the way, we're sitting here right down talking. I, I'm on my third viewing of it right now. It's at the beginning. This is how long we've been talking. And I know. Jeez. So, um, I don't know if we were going to rate that. Uh, do we rate things on this podcast? Uh, maybe not for this one. No. Maybe not for this one. You can give a rating if you want. I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't think I could rate this. But yeah, if you want to, go ahead. No, I'm not going to rate it. It's too hard. Uh, there you go. So... I know Eric's got one. I, I never understand the troubles of rating things, but yeah, okay. But I think, Eric, you are up next. I think that's your oh, right okay. last time. So your final thoughts. Um, I already said everything about how I feel about it. Um, and that being said, I'll just go ahead and rate it. Um, I'm giving it a three and a half right now. It was initially a three earlier today, but I was like, I was crazy when I was thinking that. I, I definitely like it. Um, I, I, but the, the reason it's a three and a half and not higher is because you're right. The expectation, the bar was set way too high for me because once when, when I'm envisioning something with the reputation, like pretend like you haven't seen the shining before or, um, mm -hmm. what was the other movie mm -hmm. I was thinking of? Mm -hmm. Uh, Wicker Man, like you'd never seen it before. And this is I'm speaking from my point of view. And then when I finally saw those for the first time, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I've been sleeping on this. You know, wow. this is this is crazy stuff. And I was almost expecting that type of um, revelation with this. And it was nothing close to that. And also, uh, those trailers, I, and what's crazy, the original teaser trailer that was actually in the movie theater, I just saw that for the first time, say that that is, like, horrifying. Um, that, yes. that seems like it yeah. would, like, really draw people in out of curiosity but the trailers i saw were more like fan made and and compiled and you know more modern and when you have again it's like i brought this up and it's a bad reference for people who haven't seen those types of things but when you see like a alamo draft house version like trailer of this it's like oh my god that looks amazing and when they put like a jazzy like yeah. soundtrack to the trailer and you just see these crazy visuals like i'm like i'm all in um but it, it was just a letdown. But even though I'm not itching to rewatch it anytime soon, 
I definitely still want to buy it on 4K if they re-release it in America or if it's affordable. Because you can get the Italian version like for 40 right now, which is a bit much. So if it got down a bit, I would definitely uh, buy this um, and rewatch it in that kind of way. Eric, are you done? Because I want yes. to comment on something you said. Yes. I'm so sorry. I, I'm a little bit, you know. I love that you just mentioned The Wicker Man. I think that's a great comparison. Or in this case, a, um, a flip-flop or a negative version and not negative isn't bad yes. but just sort of like yin and yang uh yeah yin, yes there you go yin and yang um because the um um the wicker man is all it's all bright there's nothing dark to it there's no fancy art direction um and then we have this terrifying conclusion we know that something's wrong especially when we talk to christopher lee Everybody's acting normal. There's no blood in it or anything like that. And I think this is almost like, dare I say, the evil version of the Wicker Man. Although I think the Wicker Man is 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 better done um, without being so flashy as this movie is. But that's, I just wanted to mention that. I'm so sorry. I'm glad that you mentioned that, though, because that's important. That was a great comparison. Thank you. I'll shut the fuck up now. I'm so sorry. Back in my box. Uh, is that all you got, Eric? Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. Bourbon. And I, oh, and despite my feelings of this movie, I am very, very, very much interested in watching the remake. And I just watched a couple mm-hmm. little yes. like fan trailers without mm-hmm. sound. And I definitely and I uh, the only thing I know about the new one is I've heard it's like more grounded. And I actually do want to see that type of interpretation of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely agree. This this movie begs to be remade, and I'm really curious to how they did it. Yeah, and you guys just uh, you guys just reminded me because I was so drunk by the time we even started this. <laughs> this this very this is a very high uh, alcohol booze that I or beer that I've been drinking. Uh, but this is actually the remake's first original series, so we'll be covering that uh, the remake, hopefully uh, quite soon. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, I was hyped. I was there. I watched it almost immediately when it came out, and yeah, I've got a lot to, uh, a whole lot to say about that. Uh, before we get to that, Isaac, do you have your uh, final uh, summation for this book? No, 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 no. What are your final thoughts of this? Um, yeah, no, I, I can always pop this on. I watch it like maybe every two or three years, and I'm always up for it again. Even, even if I, I do tire of the, just kind of lackluster plot. I'm happy to just look at it and, and listen to it. I think the, the soundtrack is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I think it looks great. So, But otherwise, it's it's not as... I don't think it's Argento's best movie. How about for you, uh, Isaac? Would you say but, this is an yeah. intro for... Is this a good intro movie for somebody to get into Italian giallos? No. Well, I wouldn't call this a giallo. Okay. No, yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely not. Question. No. A lot of people do, though, but I disagree with them. What what films would you guys recommend for uh, getting into Italian jellos? Deep Red. Deep Red. That's the only one I've seen. Go ahead, Caleb. You may have a different... Uh, no, I think Deep Red's yeah one of the best of that uh, kind of genre. So, yeah, that's definitely a good one. I, I, you know what? Let me go back on that. I, I think that you should maybe 
Deep Red is going in. It's showing the money shot too soon. I would I would start with something like the bird with the crystal plumage, and then go to Deep Red. And I'm going to trust that everybody likes the bird with the crystal plumage much more than I do. Um, yeah, so, it's yeah. great. Or Blood and Black Lace. Blood and Black Lace is one of the best. I've always wanted to see that. Always wanted to see that, yes. Yeah, it's slightly an older school of Giallo, so, yeah. so I don't know if that would change people's opinions. But but for an intro to Italian horror in general, I do think this is a good one. Because um, it's just, I think in terms of the score, that's a very consistent thing with Italian horror movies, of having such a great kind of propulsive score. And so I think that is a good element to take over or to carry over. Um, and I just think the visual component uh, carries across a lot of Italian horror mm-hmm. movies as well. But this might be one of the best examples um, in that regard. So, yeah, definitely not for giallos. I don't, I don't get the people who call this a giallo. I mean, I guess there's a mystery component to to some degree, but it's, I don't know. I, I just don't think it. In, in giallo, in giallos, um, there's a lot more death. Like we, you yeah. saw a couple of deaths in this scene, specifically the first one where she crashes through the 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 um, skylight or whatever you want to call it. And then the girl in the barbed wire. In in a single Giallo movie, you would see like five deaths like that. And then like at the end of the movie, oh, you find out it's the maid that's been doing it the whole time. Because yeah, she the... was, you know, physically abused at Christmas when she was five. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's not the actual plot of a... But yeah, it's something weird like but that. In a way, though, it, it is like that same structure, except there is no reveal. Um, in this movie because it is a bit of an oddity to wonder who committed some of these murders because you guys said at one point that it was something to do with spells and I didn't even my mind didn't even go there uh, into the actual Mm. supernatural even though they're like there's at least one immortal or more characters Um, it seemed to me like there was a killer out and there's people getting like drugged for the most part um, with the deaths. Yeah, and we see at least one spell being enacted against Susie after that, uh, when they're like, oh, we've got a room for you, you can move back in. She's like, oh, no, I don't think I want to move in, I'm happy where I am. And then almost immediately after that, she walks down the hallway and they, like, blind her with this light, and then she passes out and her nose is bleeding. Well, no, no, yeah, I saw the things of spells, but it, it all, like, okay, yeah, her nose did bleed, that's true. Um, but it didn't seem like to me like you actually saw witchcraft at work, um, like almost as if those things were going alongside the killings. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's loose. Yeah, and we we didn't we didn't really talk about the uh, the blind persons, what was actually attacking him. But it, they make uh, visual connections that it's a gargoyle that flies down and starts attacking him. So that's another spell. They they do imply that. But I thought the dog was like he was given some ill food, and that's why he like turned against his master. <laughs> that's the twist. Yeah, somebody else mentioned. I think it was Isaac that mentioned that with not the gargoyles, but the something. There was a swarming. Was it you that mentioned that, Isaac or, or, or Caleb? Okay, that uh, was me. Because the way the camera moves, it reminded me of Lost Boys. But also, when you see the light against the building, it almost looks like. You have to use your imagination. It looks like silhouettes of witches on brooms mm. flying by. Yeah, and they use that exact same twist in the Beyond, 
We see all these things terrif uh, terrorizing this blind person. And then at the end of the scene, the twist is that the dog's the one that ends up killing him. Yeah, I can't believe the uh, Fulci just stole that. But again, I know what we saw, but I, but I imagined that was just the guy himself, like, hallucinating. Oh, wow, that's, yeah, that's definitely not, uh, not what's, not what you're intended to think, but, but a movie like this is all up to interpretation, so yeah, take it however you want. Oh, but Isaac, uh, I guess we've arrived at, at you at last. What are your, uh, your final thoughts for this one before we finally close it up? In this very long discussion. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it certainly was, but, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you for, once again, originally, uh, showing this to me. I appreciate it a lot. I think, uh... Yeah, I think this is a very nice movie. Uh, very nice looking movie, I'll say that. And I really do hope that I can come over to your house at one point to rewatch it again because I want to watch it with you. Uh, again, sure. even though, like, I know I just watched it, but, like, no, I, I want to see it again. And, uh, you know, I will say, uh, waiting those three years for this, certainly <laughs> worth it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, that's, that's good at least. Now we just have to finish Enter the Void. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that'll be our next review. Although, remember what I said? Remember what I said is that I want to see this in increments. So, like, we started, like, that first half. I still remember it, by the way. And I was like, okay, we're going to, like, you said that this is, like, a, this is a stopping point. And so I'm like, okay, let's, let me wait, like, some time. I think, I don't remember when it was we watched Enter the Void last, but, like, I, we should watch it again. Holy shit. I'm sorry. I just have to say this. Wow, this is so upsetting. Uh, at one of our local art house theaters, the Rio, they're playing our uh, Suspiria tonight. No they flipping start playing way. It at 9 oh, oh, man. man. Instead of talking to us assholes, you could have gone and seen well, it. I did. The big screen. No, you guys were like, you know, talking to me live. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're in the, oh, yeah, the that's right. theater. Yeah. What are you talking about? Come on. Yeah, thanks, Hal. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. Wow, that sucks. Because I was like, maybe we'll go see it if they play it there. But oh, so Anyway, Ed, sorry. God. Continue. <laughs> Man. It'll play again. Oh, yeah, well, take a while, but fair enough. Die. Son of a... Okay. Anyways, uh, I, I, I think I'd, I'd recommend this to uh, everybody. It's on Tubi, so you all... I'm not going to say I have no choice, but, like, it is there oh, wow. if you want to see no. it for free. I know it's probably not the best way to see it. I still think it looked pretty good, no. even, like, for... What did you say it was, Eric? Like, it was native, like, 720p? Or it was, it's an SD. Oh, standard yeah, definition, okay, I think. Yeah, it's... He, you have to understand that Eric is... Yeah... Eric is like the Bob Ross of visual technology in 2022. What? If it's an go. SD, he'll pick up. He'll pick up on it like uh, instantly. Yeah, instantly. He'll pick up on it. Wait, how is he Bob Ross? I'm like a truffle smelling pig. Me and him both. Truffle smelling pig. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are. Uh, what was Say that film called. Nick Cage is looking for you. It's called Pig Eye. Squeal like a pig now, boy. Squeal like a pig. Uh, sorry. Oh, my God. This booze. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know what this is now. This is turned deliverance. If I was oh. drunk, I could squeal like a pig. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we get to that kind of craziness, yeah, thank you guys for uh, uh, discussing this one in this very long discussion. I've absolutely been looking forward to talking about this. This is a movie that's always stayed with me. And I cannot wait to get to the remake. I've, I've not talked to anyone else who's seen that. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, like I said, I came away with a lot, a lot of conversation uh, 
uh, cues. So, oh, Isaac, in this for me. I'm a little. I'm way too drunk now. <laughs> oh, really? Take the reins away from me. <sighs> okay. So, if you and your friends have all of a sudden found yourselves trapped within a very brightly colored sanatorium with all the primary colors merging together every now and then with stained glass windows. All the windows are, you know, red, blue, and yellow. And when light comes in, you'll see a multitude of different colors come in to each part of uh, the inside. So you're there, but you become children. Huh? And there's you've fallen under a witch's spell. And seemingly it's the plot of Snow White and the Seven Dorks. So my question is, what do you order at the bar? Till next time. What do you order at the bar? Till next time. I thought they were children. I just realized, is that supposed to be <laughs> evocative of Rod Serling? Um, it's a combination of, I think, three people, I'd say, that I've watched on YouTube. That I'm, I'm taking all their ideas and, like, putting into one. Mm. There you go. But, like, yeah, it could be Rod Serling. I really love that guy, so. I can see it. I can see it. And you are a big uh, Twilight Zone fan. Yeah. And <coughs> sorry, <coughs> got some nuts in my throat. It's good. <coughs> in there. Um, no. <laughs> hold on. I have. Because I'm assuming the nuts are going to edit it out. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Just in the Easter egg. <laughs> oh, okay, then yeah, that was. Uh, well, wait, where's my case? Oh, damn it, it's in the other room. <laughs> Do you want me to go grab yes, it? Yes, please. Okay. I'll be right back. So much editing for this one. We'll have to put in the please stand by music. Do, 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 do. Please stand by while Caleb gets his Blu-ray. Do, 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 do. So I take it Caleb writes, puts like little sticky notes or whatever in the Blu-ray cases of the times. That's exactly what he does. That's fascinating. Worst idea. I, I respect it. Oh, uh, I started doing it on the letterbox app, and Sean, I spent hours upon hours. I went through my entire Facebook history back to 2007 and really? looked for every time that I said that I watched something and then transposed it over into the letterbox app. 
Um, I even went to Foursquare and looked at all the theaters I checked in and then transposed all that stuff. Um, and I went through all my mem- mem- my actual memories of all the movies I remembered seeing opening weekend to like estimate dates. And I put my, as best as I can recollect, my entire viewing history into the Letterboxd app. I need to look into this app. I think I had it at one time, but I wasn't like friends with anybody. Like, but I guess you can like, even if you're not friends with somebody, you can look up their viewing history Absolutely. and see what they rated things. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I've been I've been interacting with strangers uh, because because I like some of their reviews. So then I've looked at their other reviews and I've made comments and they respond back, and people respond to my comments. Well, if you don't mind me uh, returning to the episode here, absolutely. <laughs> Are you Isaac? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of editing for this one. <laughs>